I'm a pirate. <laughs> but quick to the festival, all sails ahead. Pirate noises. Ambiance. Well, you know who's headlining at Cobb's Comedy Club on Sunday? Who? Who? Mark Neuer. Oh, fucking Mark. Oh, my God. I hear he's the best of the worst. He gives you the business, y'all. Yeah, it's Mark Neuer on Cobb's Comedy Club Sunday, August 13th. At 7.30 p.m. Please come and come all. Don't miss your chance to see Mark Neuer headlining The Best of the Worst, Sunday, August 13th at 7.30 p.m. at Cobb's Comedy Club, 915 Columbus Avenue, San Francisco, hosted by Emily Rudolph and featuring Ernest Evangelista, Honiton Ortiz, the legendary front office, and the one and only Spencer Devine. Get your tickets online now at Cobb'sComedy.com. Remember, there are more at the door. And get ready to get served the business. Side effects may include acid reflux, black lung, black foot, IBS, racism, homophobia, arachnophobia, erectile dysfunction, erections lasting more than four hours, spontaneous human combustion, appendicitis, ingrown toenails, anal leakage, and or cancellation. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic in the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene. This all-ages open mic invites comedy. Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing 2 to $5 at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio studio and gallery performance space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. 
Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Hey, kids. It's your pal, Spider-Man. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. When I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino, I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate 2 to $5 on... Hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses. The print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. I'll, it's nap time. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. Happy hour the, is when the comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live. <laughs> 2781 21st Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog friendly. Dog friendly. We are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog friendly. Ooh, a dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. Two seven eight one twenty first Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Here. In dot SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed vests right here at the Pacific Northwest Vest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That, that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday. Or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine! And even in the 
swizzle, but not too much. And Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Reservations. Reservations on Eventbrite. Fucking. LSD, fap, acid, fapping, fapping, acid, acid, fapping, fapping, acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco. Captain Curls up in the head. Mutiny Radio Festival. Ahoy! Ah, very good. Ah, very good, Legless Joe. I'm surprised you can see from the crow's nest with no legs. It's to get ready. Crew, the festival is upon us. Scurvy Steve, how many comics? Over a hundred comics. You're looking good, Scurvy. And another inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned. Everywhere is war until there's no longer first-class or second-class citizens of any nation until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eyes I've got to say war that until the basic human rights are equally guaranteed to all without regard to race I say war until that day, the dream of lasting peace, world citizenship, and the rule of international morality will remain just a fleeting illusion to be pursued but never attained. And everywhere is war until the ignoble and unhappy regime which holds all of us through child abuse yeah child abuse yeah subhuman bondage has been toppled utterly destroyed everywhere is war war in the east war in the west war up north war down south 
Nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. Me myself, I got nothing to prove. You got a fast car. I got a plan to get us out of here. Been working at the convenience store. Managed to save just a little bit of money. Won't have to drive too far. Just cross the border and into the city.
body's too young to look like his My mama went off and left him She wanted more from life than he could give I said, somebody's got to take care of him So I quit school, that's what I did You got a fast car Is it fast enough so we can fly away? You gotta make a decision Leave tonight or live and die this way So I remember when we were driving Driving in your car Speed so fast I felt like I was drunk City lights stay out before us And your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder And I, I had a feeling that I belonged Someone, be someone You got a fast car We go cruise and entertain ourselves Still ain't got a job Now work in the market as a checkout girl I know things will get better You'll find work and I'll get promoted We'll move out to the shelter Buy a bigger house and live in the suburbs So I remember when we were driving Driving in your car Speed so fast it felt like I was drunk City lights stay out before us And your arm felt nice wrapped around my shoulder And I, I had a feeling that I belonged I, I had a feeling I could be someone Someone, be someone You got a fast car I got a job that pays all our bills Instead of drinking late at the bar Some more your friends and you do your kids I'd always hope for better Thought maybe together you and me find it I got no plans, I ain't going nowhere Take your fast car and keep on driving You got a fast car Is it fast enough so you can fly away? You gotta make a decision Leave tonight or live and die this way
Hey. And that was a friend of Pete Seeger. Singing one time a meta, of course. This is the B. 10 a.m. Uh, Saturday morning. Therefore, this is Labor and Love, the show where we tell you how it is. One person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table that is where you work, you're on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Welcome, everybody. And what you just heard was from an album called Seeds, the songs of Pete Seeger by Pete Seeger and his friends. And that was one time a meta, of course, a song that Seeger popularized. Seeger popularized, and uh, other people jumped in and, and made uh, hits with it. It was the song of the Fidelista, Fidel Castro's guerrilla band. Cuba, the Cuban Revolution, late 1950s. And uh, Guantanamera. And before that, we had classic Tracy Chapman. I always thought I could be someone, could be someone. You got a fast car. Maybe I can get a job. We can save up a little money. How many of us, how many of us live with this kind of desperation that she's talking about? The fear that, that your deliverance will not take place. You won't get to the point where you can sit back and relax and enjoy this world that we're all born into. And before that, of course, celebrating Sinead O'Connor her historic appearance on Saturday Night Live where she sang Bob Marley's song, War, and at the end of her, her presentation ripped up a picture of the Pope, Bob Marley. And she took a lot of grief for it. Um, some people were were sad. She sort of destroyed her career. She wouldn't be a a top ten, a top twenty uh, singer anymore because she had to stand up and make her uh, statement. And what was the statement about? It was about the sexual abuse of young children by priests. Specifically, this, all this, a lot of this came out in the movie uh, 
spotlight. Rachel McAdam and Turned out, yeah, well, everybody. John Paul at the time was very popular. She ripped, ripped up his his picture. She did the same at a Bob Dylan concert as a tribute. And took a lot of grief for it. People put her down for it. And uh, people who might have been her allies. But it turned out, of course, later that John Paul had covered up, had shielded, accused police uh, from any kind of responsibility. He had, in effect, switched them around. So anyway, we'll look into the life of Sinead O'Connor many ways it's a real statement for our time she couldn't be still UPS and Teamsters voted on a big contract uh, ending a two tier system and lifting Teamsters pay Teamster General President Sean O'Brien spotlighted the growing prominence of cross-union solidarity. Hey, hey, can't come soon enough. And the writer's strike in Hollywood. What's going on? Hollywood studios say they offered actors $1 billion in gain. Barbaric Texas law eliminating mandatory water breaks just at the time where there's heat waves all over the country. For example, uh, Phoenix, Arizona has been over 110 degrees 19 days in a row now. Labor history... Labor History in Two, March of the Mill Children with the Mother Jones. Now I want to play this rant, sort of a rant by a guy. What if the writer's strike failed? Right, 4060 Ti. Um, our discussion question is, if NVIDIA is going to put so little effort into making this thing a success, why release it at all? I don't know. It's a really good question. Um, I guess... Uh, a lot of these things are such a far run out. Yeah, I guess they don't want to pull a film studios. The one show this is. Scooby-Doo sequel, but let's... We're actually... Do you, do you know? Did you hear about that? Yeah. They just didn't release it, right? It is, it is garbage canned. It. It's not just kind of done. Like it's not just shot like uh, uh, Batgirl, where where it's completely shot but not edited. It is actually finished, <laughs> and the reason that it's finished. So so people were actually working on this film for some period of time after the decision had been made. They were working on this film. They need to get it to a certain point for like a higher tax credit or something? No, it was because their contract was that they would finish it 
so they wouldn't get paid like like outside outside animators or something like that i forget the exact details but basically their contract stipulated that they were to deliver this finished work so the film was done it was in the final stages when they made the decision to pull the plug on it and then it will never see the light of day even though it is completely done because it was more beneficial tax-wise to write it off than to release it and have it make almost no money, which is... Oh, apparently the movie got leaked. I was going to say... That's pretty... These are the scenarios where you always just really want someone to leak it. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, 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 I support that. Man. So that's good. The film industry is in a very... Have you been following that? Only vaguely because I no longer have family members in the film industry, so I... I don't, I mean, it, it matters, but like it, it's not, it doesn't directly impact me as much anymore. So. It is in a wild place right now, man. Like it's. Writer's uh, Strike is, is, I think, one of the most brutalizing in both directions strike that I've seen of any strike in a long time. Well, that and the actors jumped in with them. So, yeah, so yeah. basically, you cannot, both, yeah. you cannot produce anything. And I am deeply worried about the situation because. I don't think that they have as much leverage as they think they do. They're going on strike at a time when the studios are losing money on major releases. I mean, when's the last time that Disney actually made money on anything? Um, like even major tentpole productions are not bringing in the kinds of profits that they used to. And so, you know, I, I was reading a few weeks ago about how CW basically like pulled out of Vancouver. So that was that was one of the networks that used to shoot a bunch up here in Vancouver and was one of the one of the cornerstones of the local production industry. And they were just like, yeah, we're like basically canceling all of our scripted shows because they're too expensive. Forget it. See you later. Um, so the, so the networks are looking for excuses to cut costs. And then you have a whole bunch of people voluntarily going, OK, you don't have to pay us right now. And then the networks are kind of sitting there going like, did you see that um, that? Wait, alleged houses or whatever. alleged quote about basically starving them out um so something that came out today is that the screen actors guild released guidelines for influencers yeah um for you know how to well i really think they could have done this in a more constructive way um because you know frankly i'm not a member of the screen actors guild I will never be a member of the Screen Actors Guild, so like you actually cannot dictate the terms of engagement to me. And they're it, they're, was, it was done pretty poorly. Their wording's pretty aggro. So yeah. If you so much as post a picture of yourself putting on pink shoes to go watch the Barbie premiere, then you are in violation of the picket line. And you're a terrible you will, person. You will be banned from ever joining the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, yeah. It's like, bro, I am not good enough to join the Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, and I will never these guys are basically also, like, union are bashing, I, you know, but later on they will present some of the issues. But regardless of their tone and regardless of whether they actually are the boss of me or not, you know, I, 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 fully, I fully support them, even yeah. if I feel like the battle is concerning pretty worrying you know when you're in like total war right and there's that bar in the bottom that's like green and red for the strength of your remaining forces How versus you know the... this i play video games when's the last time you played total war don't worry about it when was it uh, i don't know like a month ago what yeah, i was just goofing around 
Whoa. Yeah, we pulled out a Total War game for like a video, and I was it like, was oh, I love. For a video. I love. No, no. I was like, I, I love playing Total War, and then like I went home and played some Total War, and I, okay. oh man, I lost so bad because I hadn't touched it since Rome. <laughs> Rome one. Yeah, yeah. Total yeah. War. See, Rome, that that Total lines War. up for me. That makes sense. Yeah. Anyway. Um, uh, anyway, so I have. Oh, I don't make these decisions anymore. I've had a vision that I will have a <laughs> conversation with our with our new CEO oh, um, that I think we I think we should to the greatest degree the greatest extent that we can at least for you know some reasonable period of time you know let's say three months to start and we'll go from there um, you know we want to be in full support and that means not only not taking money from any productions I mean that one's fairly obvious in terms of crossing the picket line but we also just won't be promoting them in any way uh, even though they aren't putting on pink dresses, unpaid capacity. I mean, you're, you're wearing a pink shirt. Ah, uh, maybe wearing pink underwear. Mm. No, yellow, yellow uh. today. LTTstore.com. Mm. Um, but yeah, we we want to we want to support them to the the greatest degree that that we can. Uh, so we're gonna do our best. And to be clear, this is not because of Barbie movie. This is because next weekend is. Is LTX. LTX. So I was trying to hype it up. Whale land. Yeah, exactly. Whale this land. is the whale land shirt whale from last land. time. Whale. So I'm wearing it because of LTX, not because of Barbie. Just, just, you know, not, not supporting, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, have you guys done any promos or sponsorships with any studios in the past? Yeah, we have. Yeah. Actually, not very often. It's kind of surprising. Surprisingly infrequent. Yeah, like the number of... Okay, well, Total K, they, they're supporting the strike. I wanted to get someone to... Discuss some of the issues in depth, but uh, we'll have to wait on that. At this point, they're still locked in. They're not negotiating, according to Fran Drescher. They've uh, the studios say they've offered one billion dollars in gains. Um, And it's still going on. Okay. So we'll see what happens. I mean, by and large on the Internet, people are taking this kind of uh, lukewarm support and, of course, reaching out to criticize the union and the union's actions, some of the union's actions. We're just not that pro-union. We don't have that wide identity of working people. Uh, there doesn't seem to be a, an awareness that what happens to these people, these workers, will have anything to do with us. We have to understand that Workers all through the country, workers, all of us are united. And that the success of one group of workers is a success for all of us. Uh, let's look at the UPS strike. UPS teamsters to vote on contract end. Driver tears lifts this is on the popularresistance.org website. 
With just a week to go before the strike deadline, UPS and the Teamsters announced a tentative agreement July 25th. There will be no strike on August 1st. It's clear that their strike threat paid off in a big way to the tune of $30 billion. The union's calculations about how much more UPS is spending on this contract than the last one. This contract is going to show the Amazons and the Walmarts and the Targets that the Teamsters are here, that there's a shift, and they should be careful and start driving up their wages. New York City Local 804 President Vinnie Perone, the international trustee, served on the bargaining UPS will vote online August 3rd to 22nd on whether to ratify it. Among the winds that will reverberate around the labor movement is the, el the elimination of a lower-paid second tier of drivers, known as 22.4s, after the article in the last contract that created that position. All second-tier drivers will immediately be reclassified to first-tier regular package car drivers. It's a good precedent for the United Auto Workers, another union newly led by reformers, which just kicked off bargaining with the big three automakers. And the auto plants eliminating tiers is a popular demand. Sticking point in the final weeks of UPS bargaining was the low pay of part-timers who are a majority of the workforce who do the bulk of the loading, unloading, and sorting inside warehouses. Currently, their starting wage is $15.50 an hour, sweetened in some areas by a market rate adjustment to aid hiring. So part-time Part-timers receive a patchwork of rates. Starting pay has only increased by $7.50 in the last 40 years. Under the tentative agreement, the starting wage for newly hired part-timers and the minimum for all part-timers will be $21. By the end of the contract, the starting rate and the minimum will both rise to $23. Current workers are getting an even bigger jump. Market rate adjustments will remain at the company's discretion. Members working under MRAs will receive the contractual raises, which wasn't true with The union also won a $1,000 increase in the monthly pension payout. Remember now, by and large, the unions are dealing, the big unions are not dealing only on wages, dealing on what are called quality of living issues, and pensions are definitely one of them. Workers were formerly covered by the Central States Pension Fund until the Teamsters under Hoffa allowed UPS to withdraw.
withdraw from it in 2007. All other pensions are maintained at the current level. Working conditions, there will be no driver-facing cameras, nor audio or video recording devices. Outward-facing cameras are allowed but cannot be used for discipline. So this was a big issue that uh, while you're driving, you got the camera watching you. Now here's a link between the two issues. Speaking outside Amazon Studios in Culver City, working looking at Indies Times, California last week. To a crowd of striking actors, writers, and Amazon delivery drivers, Teamsters General President Sean O'Brien spotlighted the growing prominence of cross-union solidarity in the United States. Okay, this is the one of the real issues. Unions are looking to help one another. Great thing that's happening right now, O'Brien said in the labor movement for we we are for one time and I've been a teamster for 33 years collaborating with each other in a power collaboration to truly effectuate change Brian called the tech behemoth Amazon a common enemy this spring 84 Amazon drivers in Southern California unionized with Teamsters Local 396 and have been on strike since June 24th over alleged unfair labor practices. We have our arguments amongst ourselves right here, and that's okay, Teamsters President said to the assembled picketers from multiple unions. But we identify with our common enemies, who they are, Make certain they understand that if you take one of us on, you take all of us on. Since July 14th, 160,000 film and television actors with the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, have been on strike alongside 11,000 screenwriters Guild of America, who themselves have been on strike since May 2nd. Teamsters and the International Alliance, IATSE, the unions represent Hollywood's below-the-line workers, such as camera operators, gaffers, costumers, Makeup artists, mechanics, drivers, and others have repeatedly expressed solidarity with the striking writers and actors. Oh, this is something to look at. Teamsters are helping. Let's see here. Play some music. Um, 
Here's Sinead, Drink Before the War.
one is dedicated to uh, Ron DeSantis. In America, you get food to eat. Won't have to run through the jungle and scuff up your feet. You just sing about Jesus and drink wine all day. It's great to be an American.
to take care of his home and his family. Finally, we see as uh, Robert Welch, Joseph, I'm not sure what the man's first name is. He was a lawyer. Against a lawyer for the government, against the House Committee on American Activity, on American Activities, headed by Joe McCarthy. And his, his speech went something like this. Have you finally no shame? Mr. Ron DeSantis, in our case, have you no shame? To suggest, as you and your Department of Education has done, that slavery was in any way positive for the enslaved. Slaves learned how to valuable abilities, valuable valuable knowledge, I guess. That that in some cases enhanced them. Right, like how to be whipped. That would be a good one. How to be raped, in the case of women. How to steel yourself against separation from your family and your loved ones. Not even the right to have loved ones, in many cases. How to be, a sh- how to be shamed and humiliated. Have you no shame? This is what Randy Newman is saying. Really, oh, we're gonna have it's gonna be great. It's gonna be wonderful. You're gonna be an American. Anyway, that was Randy Newman's sail away. And uh, we had Sinead O'Connor. About eleven o'clock now, and uh, take our break. But 
first, before we do, want to plug one of our generous sponsors. Twentieth Street. Restaurant called San Jalisco, formerly called El Carritos, and that's a whole other story. At any rate, San Jalisco, como México no hay dos, como San Jalisco tampoco. For over 40 years, the Ibarra family has been serving up the very best Mexican food to the people of San Francisco. What's your favorite? Enchiladas? Tacos? Chilaquiles? The ultimate in birria? Best salsa and chips in town? Brought to you before you order. How about those favorite vegetarian? Burritos and tacos. They got them. Find them all and more. San Jalisco corner of 20th and South Grand Mesa. In the very heart. Mero Mero. Mission. Gone down to San Jalisco. Where the food tells you. You're in Mexico. Oh yeah. And when you do go in there and mention to... Sophie or Sophie or Magda, that you heard about it on Labor and Love of Mutiny Radio. Okay, let's take a little break now, and we'll get back with uh, more about Sinead O'Connor, Labor History in Two, melody what good is music if it ain't possessing something sweet now it ain't the melody and it ain't the music there's something else that makes this tune complete yes it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing to do is sing. 
makes no difference if it's sweet or hot. Just give that rhythm everything you've got. Yes, don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. It don't mean a thing, don't mean a thing if you ain't got that swing, boy. I said don't mean a thing and all you got to do is sing like la 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 da la do 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 From a Mexican band Mana, and it's celebrating workers at the border. Death of workers at the border. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
We've got a follow-up to that one, too. In Texas now, Governor Rick Abbott doesn't want there to be mandatory water breaks. You're not supposed to take a mandatory water break. Tell an incredibly powerful and moving story about a Guatemalan immigrant who died working at a nursery in Willamette Valley in Oregon. Um, and that there are obviously thousands of farm workers and construction workers, um, UPS drivers, who are facing extreme heat and risk their lives every day, yet there's no national standard to protect them. And I'm wondering what you, advice you have for people who are facing these conditions and, and don't have, you know, kind of a uniform approach that would give them greater protections. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's just, you know, scandalous in the United States that we don't have, you know, heat uh, protection. Uh, OSHA doesn't have rules about this. You know, here in Texas, in the middle of the heat wave a couple of weeks ago, you know, Governor Abbott signed legislation prohibiting local, local cities and things from instituting shade and water breaks for uh, construction workers. I mean, it's just, you know, outrageous, frankly. And, you know, the people who work outside are the ones who are very, the most vulnerable to this in certain ways, because as in the case with Sebastian Perez, the Guatemalan immigrant that you, um, that you mentioned, who I wrote about, who died during the 2021 heat wave while he was working at a nursery in Oregon, you know, he, he was from Guatemala. He had talked to his family. He understood about heat. He understood heat. He, you know, he thought he understood heat. But he also had a job and, you know, he didn't have a, a, a there's no, there was no union. There was no worker protections of any sort. And so he had to make the choice. Do I keep working or do I stop and take a shade break or a water break and risk getting fired? And, you know, he was trying to save money for a house to start a family with his wife. And, you know, um, that was a difficult decision for him. And tragically, sadly, you know, he made the wrong decision and continued to work rather than risk losing his job. And he ended up dead in a, you know, in a field in in um, in Oregon. And these are the kinds of um, decisions that outdoor workers have to deal with. I mean, I see it here in Texas all the time. You know, I mean, people out working on the on the roofs of buildings. You know, in this 115 degree heat, it's just, you know, crazy. And people who live in hot cultures, you know, if they, they um, learn how to deal with it, right? I mean, in the sense that everyone knows that the thing to do is to take a break, get have plenty of water and all that. But when you have a governor like we do here who doesn't allow that and who, you know, puts these workers in the position of losing their job or risking their life, it's really um, barbaric. Okay, that was a guy named Jeff Goodell. Um here you can't just point the finger at Texas this is something that happens on the job labor meets the road and you have to make these choices people are forced into these choices well what do I do do I take a break and risk losing my job or do I work through it so I can keep make a little money Uh, 
we say, need to have unions because people don't do the right Let's see now. Labor history in two. Sinead O'Connor was born in 1966. She had several big hits. Nothing Compares to You, which we'll play for you. Named the number one world singer Ninety, the Billboard Music Awards in 2001. Consistently spoke out on issues related to child abuse, including the aforementioned Saturday Night Live protests against the continued cover-up of Catholic Church, child abuse, human rights, racism, organized religion and women's rights. She converted to Islam in 2018. She was born in Dublin. She was named Sinead after Sinead de Valera, the mother of the doctor presiding over the delivery. <coughs> Eamon de, Va de Valera, First President of the Republic of Ireland, and Bernadette, in honor of Sam She left her mother and went to live with her father in Alexandria, Virginia, United States. At the age of 15, her shoplifting and truancy led to her being placed for 18 months in a Magdalene asylum called the Granian Training Center by John Condra, run by the Order of Our Lady of Charity. Unruly students there were sometimes sent to sleep in the adjoining nursing home, an experience of which she later commented, Never, probably never will experience such panic and terror and agony over anything. Her mother died when she was 18. With her hits, one of the volunteers at Grinian was the sister of Paul Byrne, drummer for the band Tuanua. Heard O'Connor singing Evergreen by Barbara Streisand. Recorded a song with them called Take My Hand, but they felt that at 15 she was too young to join the band. Second album, 1990s, I Do Not Want You to Have a Thought. Positive reviews. Praise for her voice and original songs while being noted for her appearance. Trademark shaved head, often angry expression, 
and sometimes shapeless or unusual clothing. Nothing compares to you was her big joke. If we can find nothing compares with you, by Sinead O'Connor. Uh, next single, The Emperor's New Clothes. She was criticized after she stated that she would not perform the United States national anthem played for one of her concerts. Thanks for not letting me kick her ass. Sade spent the following months studying bel canto, singing with people trying to marry me. In an interview with The Guardian, she reported singing lessons with Merriman was only therapy. It was a cheating. So, nothing compares with you. Tornado Connor.
Okay, we uh, referred earlier to the situation at the Texas border, although it's other places too. We can't just say that about the Texas so terrible. This is Bituation's response to Governor Abbott. Abbott is a supervillain. He's absolutely a supervillain. He is evil as shit. And, um, you know, as I've said before, Mother Nature missed. He was put in a wheelchair by a tree that tried to kill him. And, girl, we see you and we commend you, based tree. Um, but the reason I say he's a supervillain is he continues his attack on migrants in the state of Texas. And specifically, I don't know if you guys saw, this week, um, Texas state troopers are releasing buoys with spikes on them into the Rio Grande. So, like, despicable me level shit, but, like, if he was a real villain, because, like, he's, like, not, he's kind of, like, a cuddly villain, but you know what I mean? Um, like, that, like, cartoonishly evil shit. Um, that's not it, though, because here's a state Texas trooper who is, I don't know if you want to call it whistleblowing, but telling the Guardian that they're being told in Texas to push children back into the water. That's right. So if a child, and specifically, they're talking about babies, so that if they come across them in the Rio Grande, they're being told to push them back into the water and also deny water to anyone who's struggling. You know, the, like, all of those, uh, you know, coyotes and drug runners. I mean, sorry, uh, uh, moms with babies who are nursing at their breast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so... This is a trooper medic from the State Department of Public Safety expressing concern over inhumane actions in an email to supervisors that the Chronicle first reported on. Um, the trooper called for policy changes to prevent injury to uh, migrants, including removing bar barrels wrapped in razor wire. Okay, it's not even spikes. It's not like razor wire. Fuck you, Greg Abbott. I'm sorry. Let's just say that very loudly right now. Like, this is... It's not just inhumane, it is evil. These are people who care about families. Um, no, you don't care about shit. You're like, oh yeah, 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 the more dead migrants, the better my election, you know, electoral chances are in the future. Um, amazing. Uh, once again, deterrence doesn't work, people. There is, there is no halfway mark on this, right? Because Democrats have been ceding tons of territory and ground to Republicans on the issue of the border. Every time... Right. It's like, oh, we passed DACA. Um, well, that means we have to build a higher, you know, more fences or more barriers. It's like Democrats keep on selling out uh, immigrants in exchange for more border uh, in exchange for border militarization. They're like, OK, you can legalize a certain number of people, but then we're going to have to we're going to put rabid hawks on the border. Like, OK. So, again, this is a this is a Democratic failure as well as a Republican failure. And I'm so sick of it. And and the last thing I'm going to say, because we got to move on, um, but Biden has a role to play here, and he better fucking play it. Um, it is ICE and Customs and Border Patrol are under federal jurisdiction. 
So what are you doing, man? Why don't you root out the psycho MAGA white supremacists in that force? That's number one. I understand the Texas State Troopers are different. Like, you might not have jurisdiction over there. But the people who will come first the people are going to be the CBP and ICE. ICE, which, by the way, doesn't even want to exist. Like, remember that story where ICE was like, I think we need to be abolished. Um, because people hate us. And he's like, yeah, we do. We do, and we want to abolish you. Um, CBP is completely out of control. CBP is, again, they are like a, a, a biker gang for MAGA on the border. And they've been rogue for a long time now. So what are we doing about it? Um, there is a role to play, and I hope Biden can can do that because this is absolutely egregious and awful. Anyway, yay, happy summer. <laughs> Let's bring in my guest. Uh, he is a comedian, a writer, a podcaster. Based in Brooklyn, New York, he wrote the film The Problem with Apu, and he co-hosted Politically Reactive with W. Kamau Bell. Also, a bunch of other stuff. Hari, you've been all over. Um Hari Kondabolu, what's up? Hi. Uh, nothing. I, if you hear a child in the background, that would be mine. He just oh. returned uh, from daycare. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just kind of. Because he has daycare? Does he like loves it? Yeah. Yeah. He. I mean, he like whines while we get him there and, you know, he gets there and then he doesn't even say goodbye. Like he's like. <laughs> the thing. Uh, and honestly, it's like we living like you know, none of us wanted to go to school, and then we get to school. All our friends are here, you know. Yes. Same thing. I'm yes. still like I'm I'm like still thinking about that Greg Abbott story, so I'm a little like distracted just because, like, it, I'm like hearing you describe this, and I'm like, you just recreated Mario Brothers. That's your <laughs> plan for immigration. Just putting spikes on things. There's going to be yep. like fiery like gates. Like, it's just the most disgusting. Yeah. I know. I know. Or for me, it would just be like the jump in and of itself was the way oh. I would die. I, I think I'm sure comics have made this joke, but mm -hmm. like, if you can get through the obstacle that is the like border policing in this country, you're in. That's it. Yes. You're allowed in. You get to stay. You you made it. There is no the idea that the, that there's paperwork involved after you went through hell to get there. No. Absolutely not. Yeah, like, it's a little. I mean, it, that now it's make, making it seem like Fight Clubby, but it, you know, it really is. Whether it's bureaucratically or physically, getting into this country is like Fight Club. Oh, it's um, I mean, but I think it's important to like, the folks who go through all like who goes through all that, unless there's something on the other side of it. They really cannot stay for. There must be something going on. Whether it like their family is starving, or there's no opportunities. There's nothing they can do. Why would you pay a coyote? Why would you, you yep. know, be stuck in the desert and be willing to risk it? I mean, so the idea that, like, you go through hell and there are so many Americans here who went through nothing. I don't know why the Jake and Logan Pollard are in my head when I say that, but, like, there is, <laughs> when I You've think, suffered. they just, like, they, You've had they get to be here. Yeah, they, they get to be here. Well, that's, you know, and it's set, you're setting this up sort of for like a game show type situation where it's like, right. look, if you can travel from El Salvador into the United States, passing all of these, you know, checkpoints and horrible gangs and then U.S. Border Patrol, um, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, have a, an American like or U.S. born citizen do the same thing. 
have a migrant and then we just go and whoever like i guess makes it there first or in less amount of t- whatever it is they get to stay <laughs> and if jake and logan paul can't make it well then they go bye-bye you know yeah i mean it's it's, it's just terrific and i just i'm trying to it, i don't know how they keep doing it texas they just like each governor since ann richards just gets worse and worse so bad it's pretty impressive like how it, yeah. bad yeah Absolutely. And like, it's too huge to like, I don't know, I guess I have more soft spot in my heart for Texas than Florida. Sorry, Florida. But I'm like, Florida, eh. (laughs) Texas, I'm like, we can work with you. It's massive. Beyonce's from there. Okay, let's go. Um, Beto's there. I don't hate Beto, but I'm just gonna put that out there. Does that make me a lib? I I don't hate him. What's going on, Frantifa, if you haven't already? Okay, that's our habituation room take on... What's going on on the border of Texas? Work with Texas. I don't know. Such an evil thing. Push children back. Push back people that are coming here to work. Uh, right? Labor and love. Sure, we uh, have. We need unions. Because people don't do the right thing. Labor history in two. The mill children. Speaking of children. Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. This day in labor history, the year was 1903. Labor leader Mother Mary Harris Jones was leading a march of children laborers to President Theodore Roosevelt's summer home in New York. The long march had began 20 days before in Philadelphia. Mother Jones was hoping to draw national attention to the plight of child workers. The action caught the public's attention, and across the nation, newspapers reported on the March of the Mill Children. All the way in Leadville, a town in the mountains of Colorado west of Denver, the Herald Democrat carried the story of Mother Jones's East Coast March. The paper's July 27th article began, quote, It is a pathetic spectacle. That little army of Mother Jones marching through the broiling heat of summer lay a petition before the president. She says truly that her errand is as vital as any which takes persons to Oyster Bay. She comes to please the cause of the child laborers. And to emphasize her protest, has with her several score of ill-clad, puny children, the result of the enforced work of these children in factories. When the Children's March reached the president's door two days later, the president was not there to meet them. Yet the march had sparked national attention. In 1904, the National Child Labor Committee formed to take action on the issue. Pennsylvania passed tougher child labor restrictions the next year. But federal protections would have to wait until the next President Roosevelt. The passage of the Fair Labor Standards Act in 1938, signed by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, finally included nationwide limits to child labor. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and the Rick Smith Show. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on the Twitters at Labor History in Two. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1932. That was the day that flames burnt in the U.S. Capitol. The U.S. Armed Forces set fire to a shanty town of unemployed World War I veterans. 
the veterans had come to the Capitol to demand the bonus that they had been promised for their service. The payment was not due until 1945, but the nation was in the throes of the Great Depression. Desperate veterans demanded the bonus be paid early. Walter W. Walters, a veteran and unemployed former cannery worker, called for his fellow veterans to go to Washington, D.C. and demand payment. From across the country, veterans answered the call. Many hopped trains to make their way to the nation's capital. They called themselves the Bonus Expeditionary Force. This echoed the American Expeditionary Force, the name for U.S. troops that had fought in France during World War I. In May, the veterans began to arrive in Washington, D.C. They set up tents and shelters in vacant lots and open spaces. The largest encampment was along the Anacostia River. Some in Washington began to warn that the 8,000 protesters of the Bonus Army were led by communists. But retired Marine Corps Major General Smedley Butler came to the camp to encourage the protesters. He said, I never saw such fine Americanism as is exhibited by you people. You have just as much right to have a lobby here as any steel corporation. Makes me so damn mad a whole lot of people speak of you as tramps. By God, they didn't speak of you as tramps in 1917 and 18. No. But Army Chief of Staff General MacArthur was less sympathetic. He ordered troops to clear out the veterans. With cavalry, tanks, rifles, and tear gas, they ousted the protesters and burnt the Anacostia River encampment to the ground. I'm Rick Smith. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. This day in labor history, the year was 1956. That was the day that an oil tank explosion took the lives of 19 men fighting a fire at the Shamrock Oil and Gas Company in the northeast of Dumas, Texas. Dumas was in the Texas panhandle, oil boom country. The day after the tragedy, the Chicago Daily Tribune carried the story of what happened. Four huge petroleum tanks exploded today, bathing 19 men in a super hot wall of flame and killing them in their tracks. The towering orange fireball of the first explosion was sighted in Amarillo, 40 miles away. The events that triggered the explosion started when a flammable gas caught flame and flared into a small ground fire at Shamrock. Employees and volunteer firefighters tried to stop the blaze, but despite their effort, the fire grew. Just before 7 in the morning, a 12,000-barrel tank exploded. This ignited another 20,000-barrel tank, and then two more. Fifteen of those fighting the fire died instantly. Four others later succumbed to their burns. Many more were injured. A news editor on the scene described what he saw, writing, quote, A bright orange mushroom boiled up, floating in heavy black smoke, and I prayed that those firefighters would get out alive. But some didn't. Eight who died were Shamrock employees. The other 11 were volunteer firefighters. Today, a memorial bearing their names pays tribute to those who died. An inscription reads, quote, but whether on the plane so high or in the battle's van, the fittest place where man can die is where he dies for man. In 2015, 68 firefighters died while on the job protecting people and property throughout the United States. Labor History in Two brought to you by the Illinois Labor History Society and the Rick Smith Show. For more information, I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1898. That was the day that the United States Armed Forces invaded Puerto Rico. 
The invasion was part of the Spanish-American War. In 1898, the U.S. State Department noted, quote, It seems to be conceded that every year we shall be confronted with an increasing surplus of manufactured goods for sale in foreign markets if American operatives and artisans are to be kept employed year-round. Many business leaders in the U.S. clamored for market expansion. At the time, Spain was still a colonial presence in the Caribbean and Pacific. When a revolution in Cuba sought to drive out the Spanish, in the United States, the drum beats for war began to boom. Many saw this as an opportunity to expand the U.S. sphere of influence, although some labor leaders warned against war. One official from the Longshoremen's Union warned working people, quote, if there is a war, you will furnish the corpses and the taxes, and others will get the glory. But soon labor leaders, including the president of the American Federation of Labor, Samuel Gompers, got swept up in the war fever. In just a few months, the U.S. ousted the Spanish and became the colonial power in not only Puerto Rico, but also Guam and the Philippines, as well as Hawaii. This gave the United States footholds in the Caribbean and the Pacific. The small island of Puerto Rico remains a U.S. territory to this present day. Since the U.S. invasion, there have been movements for both Puerto Rican independence and also for full U.S. statehood. Today, the Puerto Rican people face a severe economic crisis, towering debt, and an unemployment rate more than double that of the United States. For more information, go to laborhistoryin2.com, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at laborhistoryin2. Hey, that was Rick Smith in your uh, labor history bit there. O'Connor all through the 2000s Thank you. 
inferior is finally and permanently discredited and abandoned everywhere is war until there's no longer first class or second class citizens of any nation until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eyes I've got to say war that until the basic human rights are equally guaranteed to all without regard to race I say war until that day the dream of lasting peace world citizenship and the rule of international morality will remain just a fleeting illusion to be pursued but never attained and everywhere is war until the ignoble and unhappy regime which holds all of us through child abuse yeah child abuse this is Subhuman love. bondage. Remember, the reason we need unions is because people don't do the right thing. Destroyed. One person gets a dollar war. they didn't work for, someone else works for a dollar. In the east. War in the west. War See you next week. North. War down south. There's war. And the of war until that day there is no continent which will know peace children children fight we find it necessary we know we will win we have confidence Festival Ahoy! Ah, very good! Ah, very good, Legless Joe! I'm surprised you can see from the crow's nest with no legs! It's to get ready! Crew, the festival is upon us! Woo! Scurvy Steve, how many comics? Over a hundred comics! You're looking good, Scurvy Steve! Glad the scurvy hasn't taken you! Aye, aye, Captain! You! No Liver Mary, how many venues? We've got nine venues, sir! And you, boy, what's your name? Very good. And finally, Eleven Fingers Sally. What about the tickets? You can find all of your tickets on Eventbrite, sir. Check out www.mutinyradio.fm. What is that? I don't know what a website is. I'm a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> but f quick to the festival. All sails ahead. Arr. Pirate Arr. noises. Ambiance. 
You know who's headlining at Cobb's Comedy Club on Sunday? Who? Who? Mark Neuer. Oh, fucking oh, wow. Mark. Oh, my God. I hear he's the best of the worst. He gives you the business, y'all. Yeah, it's Mark Neuer on Cobb's Comedy Club, Sunday, August 13th. At 7.30 p.m. Peace come and come all. Don't miss your chance to see Mark Neuer headlining the best of the worst Sunday, August 13th at 7.30 p.m. at Cobb's Comedy Club, 915 Columbus Avenue, San Francisco, hosted by Emily Rudolph and featuring Ernest Evangelista, Honiton Ortiz, the legendary front office, and the one and only Spencer Devine. Get your tickets online now at Cobb'sComedy.com. Remember, there are more at the door. And get ready to get served the business. Side effects may include acid reflux, black lung, black foot, IBS, racism, homophobia, arachnophobia, erectile dysfunction, erections lasting more than four hours, spontaneous human combustion, appendicitis, ingrown toenails, anal leakage, and or cancellation. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Namaste. Every Monday at 6 p.m., it's Joke Workshop, streaming live on mutinyradio.fm. Lift the veil from your third eye on joke creation and what it takes to be a stand-up comic. In the five shakasanas of San Francisco's comedy scene, this all-ages open mic invites comedy. Oh, pre-sign by Venmoing two to five dollars at Mutiny Radio. Join us live for a small and special audience at the Mutiny Radio Studio and Gallery Performance Space, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street in the deep, deep, deep mission. Every Monday at 6 p.m. Does my ponytail look cool? Thank you. Namaste. Tuesday used to be the most unlikely night for fun. But every week at 6 p.m., come to OMG's Tuesday Open Mic. And see comics work out new material for free. For free. They get your Tuesday night party on with two-for-one well drink specials during the 6 to 8 p.m. show. Check out Eventbrite to reserve your free seat every Tuesday, 6 p.m. At OMG on Savory 6th Street. Savory 6th Street. Show up to go up. Hey, kids. 
It's your pal, Spider-Man. <laughs> Sorry, Spiderman. Mortimer Spiderman. But I'm not swinging through the senior facility, best in Mysterio at Boggle, or getting beautifully plowed by the Rhino. I'm headed down to Mutiny Radio at the corner of 21st and Florida. They got some schlemiels doing the laugh laugh. But hey, don't be a schmuck and donate two to five dollars on, hold, hold on, what is this? Let me get my glasses, the print's too small. Hold on. Venmo? That's not real. What is that, Swedish? You knew that, right? This is in San Francisco. I'll drown it on. I'll, it's nap time. Weekly comedy at the best neighborhood bar in the city. Join your friends from Mutiny Radio every Thursday at 8 p.m. at the Bar on Dolores at 29th and Dolores. Starting after any very important sports game that might happen to be on, you're guaranteed a night of laughter for free. And when paired with the drink specials and the nicest bartender in San Francisco, it'll become a Thursday ritual. Show up to go out for comics, and please reserve your free tickets on Eventbrite so we know you're coming to laugh. Comedy is the cheapest. Happy hour, the most free two hours of hour-long comedy on the radio and internet streaming live. <laughs> 2781 21st Street. Come down, be in the audience. Dog friendly. Dog friendly. We are. Mutiny Radio is absolutely dog friendly. Ooh, a dog party. Ain't no party like a dog party. <laughs> dog party at Mutiny Radio. Every Friday, dog party <laughs> at Mutiny Radio. Happy hour. <laughs> 2781 21st Street. Happy hour. Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. Here in Dot SF. Calling all crusties, punks, and poses. Pick your posteriors up off the pavement. Pack up your pins and patches and prepare to party. The Pacific Northwest Vest Fest returns this Saturday only at the SeaTac Expo Center. Whether you're a leather lover or just a denim demon, if you're looking to dress to impress for less, do not stress. You'll find all the best in pre-distressed fest right here at the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest. With over 40 vendors selling countless crossover styles, you'll find the perfect thing for your scene. Metal, thrash, Walmart, high-vis, and everything in between. All in one place. One day only. Unless it's a jacket. If you need a jacket, take your square ass somewhere else. Never pay for fabric you don't need and ditch the sleeves, but save the rest for the Pacific Northwest Fest Fest this Saturday only at SeaTac. Bring a can of PBR, get it half price. Daddy, Daddy, what are we going to do today? At 2 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon? Oh, over there at the parklet in front of Atlas Cafe for Titans of Comedy. That, that's Titans of Comedy. Apparently, they've got great sandwiches, cafe drinks, and even some of my favorite beverages, like beer, wine, and sangria. All the things I drink to forget your mother. My new Uncle Blake says you smell like a brewery. What did I say about interrupting me? Anywho, right here on 20th and Alabama in the Deep Mission, paired with tasty comedy from Bay Area's favorite comics. For free! Every Saturday. Or at least the two Saturdays a month that the court mandates I have to see you. It's sunshine, and even but not too much. Hey, Daddy, remember after soccer practice when it was raining and you didn't come? I really don't. Anywho. You take it with the freezers. Freezers. 
reservations on Eventbrite. Fucking LSD fap acid fapping fapping and acid acid fapping fapping and acid fap 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. Eventbrite. Fucking. 